All right, welcome to episode 18 of the Talk Android podcast. I'm Justin Herrick, uh, back again solo this week. Um, everyone else is kind of busy, so it's just a uh, solo episode uh, with just me leading a conversation about everything from the world of Android. So if you're watching us on YouTube, comment away. We'll answer your questions, or you can tweet me at Just Herrick or at Talk Android, and we will... Uh, answer everything that you are thinking about from the world of Android. Um, so we haven't been on in about two weeks, I think, so we've missed a couple of things, and we'll go over that. Um, so we're going to start with Fitbit buying Pebble and shutting down operations there. So a report came out um, recently that Fitbit was buying Pebble for around $40 million dollars, and it ended up being true because then Pebble confirmed it. And then there was a separate report um, that Fitbit was shutting down everything. And by everything, I really do mean everything. Um, and that, it en that uh, ended up being true. Uh, the Pebble as you know it prior to you know this week is effectively gone. Um, it seems that Pebble ran out of cash and you know, needed this Fitbit deal, and I, and I actually said this on Twitter, is that uh, this deal does benefit, not benefit, it made sense for both both sides, because Fitbit uh, needed innovation, you know, it's, it's platform, the software for the apps was fine, but the software for the devices and stuff, it's not very futuristic, I guess you can say. So Fitbit really needed um, this innovation, uh, you know, everything Pebble has, and then Pebble desperately needed the cash, so that's why Pebble sold itself to Fitbit. And uh, neither confirmed the amount, it's just reported that the deal is worth $40 million. Um, so Pebble went ahead and said everything, you know, thank you for our fan, thank you to our fans, our employees, and it's it's apparent that for I think 40% or something of Pebble employees, and they were most of them were software engineers, uh, were extended job offers at uh, Fitbit. So, you know, it's not even like a lot of Pebble employees are going to be making the move over to Fitbit. Um, this is really just for the technology, you know, Pe Fitbit's going to use Pebble stuff. Uh, moving forward, but uh, you know, social media went crazy. Uh, a good amount of people expressed thanks to Pebble and its team for its work, but then a lot of people are mad because, um, if you recall, over the summer, actually it might have been in May, uh, but sometime over the summer or late spring, uh, Pebble launched its third Kickstarter campaign for devices like the Pebble uh, 2, the Pebble Time 2, and the Pebble Core, which was a little uh you know, keychain-like device that could play Spotify and whatnot and, you know, track itself. Um, so the the Pebble 2 shipped, uh, you know, within the last two months or so, I think in September. Um, but, you know, the other two devices that people backed have been canceled. Fitbit is not going to follow through with them. Um, and people that did get the Pebble 2 aren't going to have their warranties honored. So I'm looking at uh, the what you need to know section of Pebble's post and it says Pebble is no longer promoting manufacturing or selling any devices. Uh, Pebble devices will continue to work, but service quality may be reduced in the future. Uh, Kickstarter backers who have not received their rewards uh, will receive a full refund by December 16th. No action is required. Um, other things it says is that Pebble.com is no longer 
Um, uh, Pebble.com is no longer accepting orders or fulfilling them, including Pebble 2 pre-orders, which have not been charged or shipped. Uh, warrant, this is the big one. Warranty support is no longer available for Pebble watches. Usually when a company gets acquired, uh, they'll support, you know, the stuff for however long it is, you know, a year or two. Uh, but here they are effectively just abandoning uh, everyone. And I tweeted out a picture of this this statement and, and I said, uh, you know, this is a big middle finger to, to uh, customers because Pebble found success on Kickstarter multiple times, you know, three times, and then now they just turn their back. I understand if they don't have the money to support them, but uh, it is a very unfortunate situation. And the least that Fitbit could have done is extend support uh, and honor honor warranties for you know a year or two, but uh, that did not happen. So it's a rough spot. And it says returns of Pebble.com orders that were successfully completed before December seventh will be refunded. Um, yeah, and then it says you can get third party uh, bands and cables and whatnot. So that's uh, that's really disappointing. Um, it's sad to see Pebble go. But this had to happen for both sides. Again, they they didn't have the money. If they had the money, I don't think they would have kept going to Kickstarter. And Fitbit needed the innovation, so they bought Pebble for its technology. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, if it looks like Pebble is well now, the shell of Pebble is in good hands. Um, Fitbit should should do well with it. I, I think because they're their apps are really well made. The technology that they have is made. It's just that their uh, on-device platform is is not the greatest, you know. And I'm specifically talking about the Fitbit Blaze. We just reviewed it. Uh, our Jeff Causey just reviewed it, so so you can check that out. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I guess we'll find out in like late 2017 what Fitbit does with Pebble. Um, neither side is really saying what's going on right now. So farewell, Pebble. Um, another story. Uh, that was kind of interesting that went unnoticed by a lot of publications is an HTC employee uh, pointing out that the lights are still on at the company's headquarters in Taipei, Taiwan, and uh, work is being done. So so uh, Jeff Gordon, who is now HTC's global PR director, um, he, he's had various roles at the company, but now he got promoted uh, to global PR. He tweeted out two images. The first one is of uh, the headquarters in Taipei, Taiwan, saying, looking gorgeous as always. And then the second one says, if you stare hard enough into the windows in this photo, you can see HTC employees working hard on future flagship uh, smartphones and Vives. Vive is their uh, VR headset. So, um, you know, the lights are on. People are still working. Uh, this is amid reports that HTC was considering selling its mobile division. And you may even recall that a few months ago, probably more than six months ago at this point, um, I was saying that a company like Acer would be wise to purchase uh, uh, HTC. But no, it does not look like they're for sale. They've denied that report. And now this is a little uh, jab at that, a little response. Uh, Jeff Gordon is saying that the lights are on and we're still we're still working. So, um, and he says they're working on flagship smartphones. So it looks like they're not going to move away from the flagship stuff. Like we should get an HTC 11 or whatever they decide to call their 2017 flagship. And we'll get new Vives, which is the VR headset. And Vive is the, uh, the VR wing. So it's interesting to see that because that's another part of HTC that we thought uh, would be sold. 
So they HTC wants you to know that all is well uh, in Taipei at their headquarters that, uh, you know, they still have money to keep to keep the lights on. Everything is going smoothly. And I tweeted it out that, you know, uh, they should keep fighting because HTC is a company that the mobile industry needs. Um, you know, if you look at the time when Samsung was still working with plastic and rubber for its phones or whatever you want to call the 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 um, the Band-Aid looking material, the Galaxy S5, um, you see with the HTC One M8 was working with aluminum and premium materials. And then we saw everyone in the mobile industry shift to that. So HTC does have a track record in making these really beautiful, innovative devices. The HTC 10, its launch wasn't the greatest. They didn't go about that very wisely. So just little questionable decisions. Um, but I hope they stick around. I know a lot of you guys hope they stick around. Um, you know, we'll just have to see uh, what happens there. Um, but no, the the mobile division is still up and running. Again, the lights are on at HTC. So uh, we'll see, you know, a year from now where HTC is with its flagship and other devices. So stay tuned on that. And, uh, you know, this week, Slash Gear reported that uh, NVIDIA, you know, the company that makes processors, graphics uh, chips, and all, all that kind of thing, uh, you know, they make the Shield, which is the set-top box, and I actually have a Shield behind me here um, that I rarely use. Uh, and it's uh, an Android TV set-top box that is focused on gaming. It supports 4K streaming. And uh, a source familiar with uh, the company's plans told Slashgear that NVIDIA intends to refresh the Shield set-top box at CES 2017 in, uh, in Las Vegas. So that's the uh, first week of uh, January, so stay tuned for that. And things uh, shouldn't be dramatically different. It may even look like the same exact uh, device. But what we what uh, what we will see different this time around is uh, Wi-Fi 802.11ac support and uh, MIMO antennas, so that would support greater range, greater signal strength, uh, better speeds, and that's important for things like 4K, especially now. Uh, that Google Play Movies and TV, uh, so Google's video platform, uh, supports 4K content, so um, that's good. And then the controller might be a little slimmer and rely on Bluetooth LE instead of Wi-Fi Direct um, and have better battery life, so that's a given. Again, it won't be that much of a different device. Um, it, it may even look the same. Maybe the controller will just be different. Uh, so that'll be at CES 2017 in Las Vegas. And NVIDIA's event is January 4th, which I believe is a Wednesday. It might be a Tuesday night, Tuesday or Wednesday night. Either way, it, they usually do it the night before um, the night before uh, CES officially starts. And so it'll be January 4th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. We'll be there live covering it for you. Uh, we'll be there in Las Vegas live with live coverage, uh, covering this NVIDIA event and everything else happening at CES in Las Vegas. So stick with us for that. Um, and then a very big story uh, this week, and it actually, you know, we're live right now. It's December 9th uh, around 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, earlier today, a statement was released by Samsung um, 
that they are going to roll out a lethal software update. And I say lethal somewhat jokingly, uh, but it, it will effectively kill the Galaxy Note 7, which is what Samsung uh, wants to do. Wants to do, Because in uh, in November, they said that 85% of Galaxy Note 7s um, had been returned. And now they're saying that 93% in the U.S. have been returned, which is very good. But they obviously want to get as close to 100% as possible because this is all because of the scandal uh, where devices were exploding. So the battery of the Galaxy Note 7 was exploding. Um, big problem. Can't have that. So they plan on releasing a software update that will disable uh, the Galaxy Note 7 and make the phone useless in the U.S., um, so here is the statement directly from Samsung, and it was released a little bit before we came on live uh, for this uh, podcast. So Samsung said, to further increase participation, a software update will be released starting on December 19th and will be distributed within 30 days. This software update will prevent U.S. Galaxy Note 7 devices from charging and will eliminate their ability to work as mobile devices. Together with our carrier partners, we will be notifying consumers through multiple touchpoints to encourage any remaining Galaxy Note 7 owners to participate in the program and to take advantage of the financial incentives available. So this software update, which I am calling like a, a lethal software update, um, it will you know just prevent your device from working, but the catch is that um, the carriers have to opt into this. And as of the time that we came on live, um, only two carriers have commented. I've reached out to Verizon, uh, AT&T, T-Mobile. Yeah, someone actually just commented on our on our YouTube uh, on our YouTube live stream and said Verizon is isn't going to do it, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, so I've reached out to Verizon, AT&T. Uh, Sprint and T-Mobile, only Verizon and Sprint have uh, responded. So Verizon is uh, not going to do it, at least not right now. Um, they said that they don't want to leave people during the holidays without a second device. Um, so they're just they're just not doing it now. I have a feeling that they'll do it next year, early next year, because Sprint's statement uh, says that they will do it and they will release the update on January 8th. So uh, Sprint will participate in disabling the Galaxy Note 7 on January 8th. Uh, Verizon right now isn't going to do it. I have a hunch that they're going to do it early uh, next year like Sprint. They just don't want to say it right now. Um, AT&T and T-Mobile, though, have not responded. Um, I'll just get you a piece of Verizon's statement to tell you what they said. And so they said, today Samsung announced an update to the Galaxy Note 7 that would stop the smartphone from charging, rendering it useless uh, unless attached to a power charger. Verizon will not be taking part in this update. Uh, because of the added risk this could pose to Galaxy Note 7 users that do not have another device to switch to, we will not push a software update that will eliminate uh, the ability for the Note 7 to work as a mobile device in the heart of the holiday season. We do not want to make it impossible to contact family, first responders, or medical professionals in an emergency situation. Um, so Verizon is still saying, just go return your device uh, optionally. Uh, they will not do it. So maybe they will do the software update 
uh, in the new year. Maybe they won't. I have a hunch that they will because uh, you should not be at all encouraging or making it okay to use a phone uh, that has a battery that is exploding. Uh, that's a little bit of a problem. Um, so Verizon might want to to participate with with uh, Samsung. So now I'll get you Sprint statement. And Sprint was very, very quick to opt into this. Here we go, if I can get it here. Okay, so Sprint said, um, to drive increased participation in its US Note 7 refund and exchange program, Samsung will release a software update on beginning on January 8th, uh, 2017 that will disable all remaining Sprint Note 7 devices from being able to hold a charge. This software update will eliminate the ability of these Galaxy Note 7 devices to work as mobile devices. Um, and then they just give you steps. Uh, but yeah, if, if you're listening to this, uh, definitely return your Galaxy Note 7. Uh, it's a big risk to have a device that has a battery that that's exploding. Um, so yeah, definitely return it. And if you know someone with a Galaxy Note 7, please urge them to return it. Um, and relating to the Galaxy Note 7, although they will tell you it's it's not the case, uh, Andrew Bowens, who was the corporate communications and reputation management head at Samsung North America, uh, he has been let go by the company. Actually, it's not confirmed if he's been let go. He says on Twitter that it's a mutual parting of ways. But this comes after the Galaxy Note 7 scandal, uh, which is very interesting. So um, I actually wrote about this uh, during the week. And he was in charge of a team of 20 people and a network of agencies uh, working on corporate marketing, media relations, reputation management, social responsibility, and more. Um, he's no longer with the company. So he joined in summer 2015. So he's been there just over a year. And he's previously held positions with Nokia, Dell, and MasterCard. Um, Obviously, the Galaxy Note 7 scandal was a big problem. They didn't really handle that appropriately because they pulled the device, didn't quite explain what happened, then brought it back, and there was still the problem, and now they had to discontinue the phone altogether. And now they're having a hard time getting these devices back uh, throughout, the, throughout, the, uh, throughout the world. So it was a little bit of a problem. He's no longer there. Um, and AdAge, the, the, uh, the publication that reported this news, said that uh, Samsung has actually been under fire for not being transparent and being ba uh, vague with uh, how they handle corporate communications. Um, so this may be a sign that they're going to overhaul everything and it started by taking out the leader. So, you know, uh, Bowens is no longer there and maybe they'll revamp the team. Maybe they'll look to an outside agency. Uh, who knows what happens there? So two things about the Galaxy Note 7. One, in the U.S., they plan on rolling out a software update to completely disable the device. And two, Andrew Bowens, the corporate communications and reputation management head, is out. So there's there's a lot of change going on at Samsung. Um, and I guess I'll follow up with another Samsung bit of information. Uh, there's a new rumor that the Galaxy S8 which will be the next flagship, likely announced at MWC uh, 2017, which would be in February in Barcelona. Um, a new rumor says that it will be all screen and have no home button. So uh, back when the Galaxy Notes, uh, not the Galaxy Note 7, the Galaxy Nexus um, was uh, announced and released in November, December 2011, 
um, with ice cream sandwich. They ushered in on-screen uh, buttons for back home and recents. So actually, I'm on uh, I'm on the Pixel. So you know, like this phone has it. This is what I mean. Like these things here. Um, so um, where was I? Lost my thought. Uh, okay, so ice cream sandwich ushered that in. And uh, everyone was always waiting for Samsung to do it because it's the most popular uh, handset maker of Android devices. So everyone just kept waiting for Samsung to do on screen and they never did it. You know, we went by a Galaxy S, uh, S4 or it might have actually the S3 came after ice cream sandwich. So the S3, the S4, um, the S5, the S6, the S7 and all the Galaxy Note devices, they never had on screen buttons. But this report says that they should be going to an, uh, an all-screen, no-home-button approach, which would be very interesting. Um, and I think it would mean that the fingerprint scanner that we've typically seen implemented in uh, Samsung's home buttons would then be in integrated into the glass, which I think is interesting. And uh, you've probably read about that, that that technology is being worked on. Um, so that's a really interesting thought for the Galaxy S8. Um, let's see. We we wrote about it, and our Jared Peters said, instead of the traditional physical button in between two capacitive keys, Samsung will opt for a virtual home button in the glass of the bottom of the display. Um, so it actually doesn't seem quite like on-screen keys. It just seems like it'll the buttons will be embedded into the glass, I guess so. That's a little interesting. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we'll see at MWC 2017 or whenever Samsung announces the Galaxy S8, uh, what exactly this all means. Um, and another Samsung story uh, this week that has been very popular is the Supreme Court of the United States siding with Samsung in its still ongoing dispute or lawsuit, I should say, with Apple over patents for devices, um, you know, Apple claims that Samsung infringed upon a whole bunch of patents, which the court has decided, but now they're still in court deciding how much Samsung should pay. Remember this lawsuit began in 2011 and it's still going five years later. Um, and it's about to be six years later, so it's very exhausting. We're still covering it. Um, the original judgment said that $399 million was owed to Apple from Samsung um, because that would be all of the profits from the devices that uh, had uh, infringed upon patents that Apple owned. But patent law, according to the Supreme Court, says that Samsung may only be required to pay for, let me get this right, for the components that infringe upon patents that Apple owns. So just an example, if it's the camera component that's infringing upon a patent, um, it would be uh, trying to blank. <laughs> okay, so if it was the camera component, uh, Samsung would just pay for the devices that had the camera component that infringed upon the patent. They would just pay the for uh, that component, you know, every unit. So it could be a dramatically lower thing. Um, it'll go now to a lower court for uh, a decision on how much Samsung should pay Apple. And Samsung also says that it has over 200,000 patents in its possession, uh, not accessible at, by Apple. So the success of the of its phones did not depend upon these uh, infringed patents and the features that covered them. So uh, Apple and Samsung will continue battling it out in court and decide how much 
um, they are owed. And now we will finish off with um, one last story, and that is uh, Android 7.1.1 rolling out. And um, the change log that Google shared doesn't show anything we didn't know about. Um, so I'll just tell you real quick. Uh, one is the home screen shortcuts for devices. So if you long press on uh, on an app, and I'll actually do this for you. So if I long press on Twitter, see, you get a whole bunch of things like new message, new tweet, and new search. Or if you do calendar, you'll get new reminder, new event. Um, not every app supports them, but actually a lot of them do. Even Robinhood does, so you can quickly jump into settings, history, uh, account, and search. So a bunch of apps have it. Um, and so that's, that's one of the features. Another one is Google Keyboard having um, GIF support. So if I just go to a new message, and I'll just send something to myself here so you can see it. <laughs> here we go. Okay, so now if I go to my keyboard and I say GIF, I can get a whole bunch of GIFs. You'll see like Horatio Kane and Phaedra Parks. That's, those are two that I've used recently. Uh, so those are, uh, that's the GIF keyboard and supported apps have to take advantage of it. And then you can quickly use it. So like Google Messenger and, and whatever. Uh, so those are two things. And then uh, another one is more emojis. But then there are uh, gestures that you probably heard we're rolling out in Canada. That's live in Android 7.1.1 Nougat. Um, let me just go to it. You, so you go to moves under the settings and you get new ones for double tap to check phone. Um, so if I go to, so if I turn off the screen and I double tap, you'll see the screen turns on. Um, and then there's a lift phone to check. That's what we've seen with Motorola. So they didn't include that in the change lock, which is interesting. Um, but it's here. Uh, you can use it. And so Android 7.1.1 Nougat is rolling out now to the Pixel, Pixel C, Nexus 6P, Nexus 5X, Nexus 6, uh, Nexus 9, Nexus Player, and the general 4G, which is an Android One phone. Uh, so it's rolling out now to those. Um, and then right after the uh, rollout of 7.1.1 began, uh, Google updated its Android distribution chart. Nougat is crawling to less than 1%. Right now it's at 0.4%, which is a little rough. Uh, that's only a 0.1% uh, change from, from last month. Uh, Marshmallow grew 2.3% to, if I can see this correctly, 26.3%. Um, and then everything else slid, so that's actually a very good sign. So Lollipop went down, Kit Kat went down, Jelly Bean went down, Ice Cream Sandwich, Gingerbread, and Froyo went down. Actually, Froyo still remains at zero. Um, it's on about 0.1% or less of Android devices. Uh, but Nougat should get a nice boost next year or early next year uh, when Samsung widely rolls out Nougat to the Galaxy S7, Galaxy S7 Edge. Uh, so that's a good sign. Uh, we're hoping uh, more more devices get nougat. Oh, so actually Gina Gina Bitend, uh, Bitbent, can never say her last name, Bit, Bit and Bender. there we go. Um, 
she she let us know that yeah honor eight is is on uh the nougat beta yes i actually have it on mine too um i've poked around a little bit and actually gina has the honor eight because she won our holiday giveaway uh for the honor eight so so that's how she's she's experiencing that's that's actually nice that she she commented um so if you have an honor eight you can actually enroll in a beta program uh Actually, maybe it's private. Yeah, I think that's why I, I'm actually on it. So yeah, um, so I've used it. It's, it's actually pretty neat. They fixed a lot of things that I didn't like about the Honor 8. Um, so if you have one, that should be rolling out very soon. Um, they've done a terrific job uh, with that. So just get ready for Nougat on the Honor 8. Um, and so yeah, the Honor 8, uh, Galaxy S7, Galaxy S7 Edge, uh, LG G5, you know, the V20 already has it. Um, Lenovo is rolling it out to a lot of its uh, Moto devices. So yeah, a lot of devices are getting it. We should see a nice growth in early 2017. So like Q1, Q2, 2017 uh, for Nougat, especially when like the Galaxy S8 is launched. So, uh, you know, Nougat should not be sitting at 0.4% for much longer. Um, I wouldn't expect a lot of change in January, but you know, I think March is reasonable. March, April, May, we'll see good growth, and hopefully, you know, Nougat gets to 15 plus uh, percent. So uh, we'll wait and see what happens there. Um, so that's everything we have for our weekly discussion. Um, a couple things to check out on the site: uh, a bunch of reviews. So we reviewed recently uh, the MTech Gembox, which is a an interesting. Uh, set top box. I don't know if I would recommend it. Uh, Jared Peters reviewed the Cardio Base and Cardio Arm, which are health health uh, products that are. It's actually pretty cool to scale and uh, something to measure uh, your your vitals. Um, Brad Brad Ward reviewed the iClever Boost Care reindeer headphones. So if you're interested in a holiday uh, item, you can check out those reindeer uh, headphones. Uh, he also reviewed the. Mobois TicWatch 2. It's a special uh, smartwatch not powered by Android Wear, so if you want an alternative, check that out. Uh, Jeff Causey reviewed the Fitbit Blaze. Uh, Peter Holden reviewed the Honor 8, which Gina was referencing to, uh, and then I talked about just now. It's a terrific phone, so if you're interested during the holidays, uh, get that. And then uh, Jared Peters just reviewed DirecTV Now, and that's actually a very popular review, because you know there's there are things like Sling TV, PlayStation View, uh, early next year. Hulu will have its own live TV streaming service. This is AT&T's DirecTV Now. Uh, Jared reviewed it. Turned out pretty cool. Um, another thing we have on the site is our Talk Android Holiday Giveaway Series 2016. Uh, this is the second to last. This episode is broadcasting during the second to last week of it. So you can currently enter to win a Moto G4 prize bundle. We're giving away three of them, so don't think, oh, they only have one Moto G4 to give away for thousands of people. No, we actually have three. Um, so the first winner gets a Moto G4, a Moss uh, Sprint Cable, a Lumsing 13,400 mAh power bank, a Lumsing uh, micro USB wall charger, and a 2D clear case. Um, our second winner will get a Moto G4 and a blue case, and our third winner will get a Moto G4 and a pink case. And then next week, um, on December 12th, we will launch our final giveaway 
um, which will be uh, three phones. We will not tell you what they are. You will just have to check that out. So December 12th, which is Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, uh, noon Eastern, check that out. Um, so that's the Talk Android uh, hol holiday giveaway series. Um, and that really does it for everything that we have on the Talk Android podcast this week. Uh, you can watch this podcast on YouTube or you can listen on Google Play, Pocket Cast, uh, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Player FM or SoundCloud. Um, so you have a whole bunch of options. Subscribe on any one of those. Um, as always, you can tweet us at Talk Android or tweet me at Just Herrick. Um, so for everyone here at Talk Android, I'm Justin Herrick, and I thank you for listening to this episode of the Talk Android podcast. <laughs>